We live in a glass house, so. <laughs> anyway, everybody close their eyes for a moment. Everybody close your eyes for a moment. Karen, you give me the cinnamon roll answer and the pie answer, you're doing great. But there are some other things we need to work on. Hallelujah. Anyway, praise God. Um, go with me this morning to Matthew 15. I want to continue the study we started last week on looking at the healing ministry of Jesus Christ and how he ministered healing while he's here on this earth. And the reason we're doing this is because we've been on a study now for several months on finding out what manner of man Jesus was during, uh, his, during his time here. So far, we've looked at his prayer life. We've looked at uh, how he always walked in love, how he always, um, how he operated in divine authority, how he was always faithful to do what his father asked him, how he handled the challenges and uh, sufferings in this life that we all face. And now we're looking at how he ministered healing. Why are we going to do this? And why are we spending so much time on this subject? Because as his followers, as disciples of Christ, we're supposed to do things like Jesus did, did things. I mean, that's literally the only way you will succeed in life to the degree that God wants you to succeed. The only way you're going to fulfill your destiny in life is to do it like Jesus. Follow in his steps. Amen. How many believe it's possible to love like Jesus? And, and, and to operate in divine authority like Jesus? And always be found faithful like Jesus? And handle the challenges of this life just like Jesus? Is it possible to minister healing like Jesus? I, I firmly believe it in my heart. Now I said this to my wife. Um, I believe... In the near future, we're going to be wrapping this study up. Can you believe it? <laughs> well over a year on what manner of man is this. And, uh, but I believe that this, again, I, when I started this study, this was the main thrust of what I thought we were going to go into. The healing ministry of Jesus. Boy, God took us a whole lot of different other areas, but I guarantee you, if you'll take the time, go back and re-listen to that. Over a year's worth of, of podcasts you can listen to. There you go. It will tremendously bless you because, again, we are supposed to be making a difference in this world for Christ. Amen. Every single one of you has a mission, a mission from on high. And if you will step out in obedience and do it in faith, according to the way Jesus did it, you're going to see great success in this earth. And I'm going to throw this in for free. This is something the Lord's really been showing me. And I think the Lord's preparing me for this is when you begin to do things Jesus way. Yes, you'll start to see success, but you're also going to see a whole lot more challenges. Did you hear me? And so you got to be ready. you got to know how to handle those challenges when they come. Admit it to God and just say, Lord, I trust you to get me through this. Amen? Praise the Lord. So this morning I want to pick back up on the healing of the Syrophoenician woman's daughter found in Matthew 15 and Mark 7. Last week we didn't get too far into it. So I hope this morning we get further than we did last week. How many believe we can get further than last week? Amen. Thank you, my wife. <laughs> now, uh, again, I want to start by reading just a few verses of Mark's account before we look at Matthew's account. The reason being is because I want to bring some things out that he brings out here. Um, Mark 7, and you can just look up here if you're already in Matthew 15. Once again, uh, this is uh, verse 24. From there he arose and went 
to the region of Tyre and Sidon. Again, this is the only recorded time that Jesus left Jewish territory. That's recorded. And this area was demonically influenced. Heavily demonically influenced. Okay? And Jesus entered a house and wanted no one to know it. But he could not be hidden. Again, I firmly believe the reason he couldn't be hidden was because the fame of Jesus was being voiced abroad. People came to see and people came to know that wherever Jesus went and the people came to him to be healed, they left healed. If people came to him to be delivered, they were set free. How many know that 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 would get voiced abroad? I mean, I'm not talking about healing a hangnail or that that probably happened, but I'm talking about doing some super duper miracles. How many know what a super duper miracle is? It's a super duper miracle. Amen. And so... If you were dealing with something, and you had been dealing with it your whole life, and it didn't look like there's no way you're ever going to get better, nobody was offering you anything to get better. Or like the woman with the issue of blood, she kept going to the doctor and things kept getting worse. She lost all of her money going to the doctors. I mean, what do you think happens, happens to people when all of a sudden they hear about Jesus? That when people went to Jesus, no matter what they came to Jesus with, no matter how severe the situation was, They left from Jesus healed. They left from Jesus delivered. And so his fame went out. And wherever Jesus was at, the people followed. The people swarmed him. Again, I want to say this, and I'm not going to get too much into it, because I'll get going down this vein again. But glory to God, what's going to happen when a church gets a hold of this, starts to walk like Jesus, and those same kind of miracles start to happen in that place. It will be voiced abroad. There's something happening in the spirit realm, my friends. I believe God's turning it up for those who believe. And God is looking for those who believe, who are going to take him at his word, make themselves available, and step out and do the miraculous. How many want to see that happen? How many want God to use you to do that? Hallelujah. I am convinced it is coming to pass. Amen. Glory to God. So Jesus entered a house and wanted no one to know it, but he could not be hidden. For a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard about him, and she came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by birth, and she kept asking him to cast the demon out of her daughter. Now this is important to understand. The Syrophoenician people were a demonically influenced people. I know the area, the region was, but these people were. They were into Baal worship. They were into sacrificing their children to false gods. And it was also uh, the area of, what is it called? Ashtaroth, where the giants were located. Isn't that crazy? So this woman was not only not a Jew, but this woman was into worshiping devils probably. And doing all kinds of other ungodly and evil things. She wasn't a good woman. Now go with me to Matthew 15. If you're probably already there. Look with me at uh, Matthew 15. I want to pick up reading Matthew's account of this incident now. Verse 21. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold a woman of Canaan. Mark's account once again calls her a Syrophoenician woman. 
came from that region and cried out to him saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. Think about those words. It doesn't say that her daughter was possessed, which would have been bad enough. It says my daughter is severely demon-possessed. And although the Bible doesn't tell us how this girl got this way, I'm convinced either, because it doesn't tell us the age of this girl, first of all. I'm convinced either this girl was involved in that kind of demonic junk, or she was around it all the time. I mean, that's what these people were known for. And as a result, a demon severely possessed her, which means she was probably thrown around like a rag doll. I mean, to the point where she was probably hurting herself and those around her. And she uh, uh, was stricken with some kind of sickness or disease because the Bible actually goes on to tell us that she was healed. That's what this being severely demon-possessed was talking about. Now, I want to say something real quick right now that the Lord just rose up in my heart. Just because you're sick doesn't mean it's because of a demon. However, sickness is of the devil. Did you hear me? There are stuff, there is, there is so much junk happening in this world right now. So much junk. But so many times, it's the result of human behavior. Yes, the devil's the influencer. He's the one that gets people to do stupid stuff. He's the one that leads people down the wrong pathway. But I guess what I'm trying to say is, what I am trying to say is, I'm not guessing about it. What I am trying to say is, is sometimes people get sick because of germs. Hello? Did you know that a pastor has to shake people's hands? And there could be people in this room who are dealing with something. I would ask you, <laughs> like Tim Hawkins now. I would ask you to, if you're dealing with something... Just come up and pound my hand. Don't cut up and grip my hand and there's snot running down your nose. I know I'm being gross, but come on, you know what I'm talking about. Because I'm going to have to start getting a big old bottle of that desanitizer. Wash yourself in it. All right, anyway, praise the Lord. Let's move on from that. So, this girl is severely demon possessed i want to stop and say something here i know a whole lot of folks when you start to talk about demons get for a ladder for a uh, 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 for a lack of a better way of saying it get freaked out they get freaked out you start to talk about demons and the probably the biggest reason why is because of hollywood they have made uh, uh, the devil to be some kind of evil entity that we ha as human beings have no chance against. Even those in the ministry. I don't know if you've ever watched a whole lot of movies or not where the devil's in it. I, I strongly encourage you not to. Amen? Because 99.9% .9 of the time, if it's from Hollywood, it's not the truth. Are you listening? The point I'm trying to get across is what the way Hollywood conveys the devil to us or demons to us is that they can't be touched. 
that they're all powerful, that they can whoop anybody that comes across their pathway. How many know that that's absolutely not the truth? Friends, we got to understand when it comes to handling demons, there is no greater example to us than Jesus. And you want to know how Jesus handled devils? With two little thoughts, two little things. He would say to them, shut up and come out. Everybody say, shut up and come out. Pretty easy, huh? Plus, there was not one time, and hear me now, there was not one time when Jesus had to deal with demons. With the, the guy, from, the man of the, from the Gadarenes, who had over a thousand demons in him. Not once did Jesus respond in fear. Did you hear what I just said? Not once did Jesus respond in fear. And as his followers, as Christians, we must never respond in fear. In fact, I'll say it this way. We shouldn't fear the devil. The devil should fear us. Boosh. I'm serious. If someone started to come, I've seen someone come down an aisle and just totally freaking out. Blah, 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 blah. And it, I mean, a little scrawny fellow. And it, we had some big guys. This happened in Canaan land. We had some big guys in the room. Guys that made me look small. And it took about six of us to get this guy on the ground. And the bottom line is, it can freak you out if you're not prepared. Glory to God, hear me now. Why should we not fear the devil? Because our Lord and Savior has already whooped him. I said our Lord and Savior has already whooped him. And his victory is now our victory. I don't know if you heard me or not, but his victory is now our victory. It don't matter what the devil, he became like, blah, blah, I'm going to get you, blah, 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 I'm going to get you. In the name of Jesus, ah, ah, he's going to go. We got to get bold in our faith. It really comes down to this. Get this. Do you have more faith in God's ability to keep you than in the devil's ability to harm you? Hello? If all you're doing is feeding yourself the junk of the world, all you're doing is watching movies about the devil whooping everybody that comes across its pathway, then that's what you're going to do is find yourself yielding to fear. Exactly what the devil wants. However, if you're continuously feeding yourself upon the word of God and reminding yourself of the victory that Jesus has already won for you and the fact that he's given you authority over the devil and that when you resist him, you resist the devil. When you resist him, the Bible says he will flee from you he will run from you in holy terror get that picture in your mind you know one of the ways i think i've said this to you not too long ago i i, I was just reminded of how a father is with their little kid and like a dog starts to bark or whatever and how a kid will come running to the dad and run behind him you know what i'm talking about kind of hide behind dad because that little kid knows daddy's going to take care of them the way we got to be with God. But in reality, it should be even more bold than that. 
We should say, instead of running behind Jesus, knowing that Jesus will take care of us, we need to just step out and say, wait a minute. Hold on, Jesus. Hold on. Hold on, big brother. Hold on. I got this. We stand there with complete confidence and boldness and tell the devil to go in Jesus' name. Listen, this is so powerful of a truth. Get this. God will not do for us what he's given us the authority to do. And he's given us the authority to resist the devil. You cannot, you must not yield to fear. Jesus never yielded to fear. We must not yield to fear. Amen? And if there's something happening in your house, or something, how do I, what, what, I know I'm going to start talking about this in just a second. Hold on. If you hear a bump in the night, if you hear something that's strange that maybe you've never heard before, the first inclination is for fear to try to come on you. I know what from whence I speak. But that's when immediately you've got to stop that thought. Just because it comes doesn't mean you're yielding to it. You understand how I'm saying that? When it comes, immediately stop it and say, no, I will not fear. My God has told me, do not be afraid. Over and over and over and over and over again, it says that in the Bible. Do not fear. Amen. And then be bold. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. It don't matter what the devil throws against you. You can overcome it. You can defeat it. You can send the devil fleeing. Amen. And let me say this. As I said, this little girl, I don't know again how old she was. This girl was probably in a house filled with false gods. You have got to sanctify your dwelling place. And not allow things in your house that shouldn't be there. You know, I know of of one individual that um, got a Ouija board. I know a lot of people think, well, it's just a game, Pastor Dan. Just a simple little It's not just a game. It is evil. Don't allow that in your house. And if you got it in your house, throw it out. Burn it. Get rid of it. And if your kids throw a fit, spank them. And if you can't spank them, bring them to me. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to God. (laughs) One of the ways you can sanctify your setting, your dwelling place, and this is something I do, I try to do it morning and night, definitely do it it at nighttime, is I draw the bloodline around my house. Father, I right now in Jesus' name draw the bloodline around this dwelling place. And I firmly believe where the bloodline has been drawn with the precious blood of Jesus, the destroyer cannot come. He must pass over in Jesus' name. It's that simple. I say it by faith. I, 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 you know, a lot of times you got the devil come and you're just repeating it over and over again. It doesn't really mean. Yeah, it means something to me. I know what happened with, in, with the example in the Old Testament. They applied the, bl- the blood in Egypt. Remember that? And they applied it over their doorposts and over their windows and stuff. And the destroyer passed over. That was an example of the blood that was coming. But the blood that has now come, the blood of Jesus is more powerful than that blood. How many know when you apply the blood of Jesus, the devil ain't going to come there. I I draw the bloodline around you. 
You don't even know that. But this pastor draws a bloodline around you. Oh, my, 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 my. Thank you, Jesus. All right, get off of that. Praise the Lord. Amen. Everybody with me? So I want to ask you, when this woman cries out to Jesus, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, which is the way the Jews refer to the Messiah, do you think she was saying that from a position of understanding of Jewish ways and a heartfelt respect and honor towards Jesus? Or from a position of probably hearing how somebody else had called Jesus that and had gotten results, so she figured she would try it out. I believe the latter. In fact, I want you to notice how Jesus responds to her. Verse 23, but he answered her, not a word. (laughs) Jesus don't say nothing. I got a question for you. Was Jesus always led by the Spirit of God? Did Jesus only say what he heard the Father say and do what he saw the Father do? So when Jesus said nothing to this woman, was he being led by the Spirit of God? Yeah, he was. That's crazy, isn't it? I mean, I don't know about you, but (laughs) don't you think this is, I mean, that sounds pretty harsh, doesn't it? She's going, you know, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus didn't say nothing. Doesn't say nothing. You know how many people would have turned away and left? Gotten angry? What you doing ignoring me? Right away. And they would not have gotten what they were come for, would they? This woman would not have gotten her daughter delivered and healed, would she? She would have gotten angry at Jesus. Would she? No, she wouldn't have. So now, why didn't Jesus speak to her? I believe we can find it in Job 35. You don't have to turn there, but look at these scriptures up here. Look up here. Job 35, verses 12 and 13. There they cry out, but he does not answer. Because of the pride of evil men. Surely God will not listen to empty talk. Nor will the Almighty regard it. Wow. But don't those verses right there pretty much sum up what just took place there? He's not going to respond to someone whose motives are evil or or who's full of pride and vanity. But now notice how the disciples treat her. So Jesus doesn't say anything to her and notice how the disciples treat her. And his disciples came and urged him saying, send her away for she cries out after us. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us whether this woman heard what the disciples were saying, that they heard what the disciples said here. But there's a good possibility that they did. How many know that's true? So Jesus basically ignores her, and the disciples are urging Jesus to send her away. But does she leave? Does she get mad? Does she give Jesus a piece of her mind? The disciples, a piece of her mind. Nope. Notice verse 24. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. What's Jesus doing now? He's explaining to her 
what the will of the Father was for him. He was sent only to God's chosen ones, the Jewish people, people who were in covenant with him. Not to a Gentile like her. I want you to get this. Because verse 25 says, Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. What is she doing right now? She's humbling herself before the Lord. She might have come with wrong intentions. The way that she had come was probably... In a wrong manner. But I believe something's happening. I believe something's changing. Lord help me. I can see her at Jesus' feet. Lord help me. She's humbling herself before the Lord. What does the Bible say about humility? And pride. God rejects the proud. But gives grace to to the humble. Listen to this. I wrote this down. People who are operating in pride will refuse to adjust themselves to constructive criticisms and corrections. Instead of receiving them and making the adjustments in their lives, they'll turn around and storm off mad. Or they'll start to grumble and complain. Get angry. Make excuses as to why they can't do this or do that or why they are doing this or doing that. However, the humble will always maintain a teachable spirit. And when corrections come, they'll make any adjustments in their lives that need to be made. In other words, people in pride get mad and complain and grumble and make excuses and end up without. People in humility hear and receive corrections, make the adjustments... And position themselves to receive from God. And I believe that's what's happening right here with this woman. So this woman could have gotten angry. She could have complained because of the way they were treating her. She could have come with all these excuses. And stormed away from Jesus and his disciples. And her daughter would not have been set free and healed. But that's not what she did. Then the Bible says she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. In other words, she humbled herself before God, before Jesus, and she refused to give up until she received what she came there for. In other words, get this, faith refuses to quit until it receives what it came for. Amen. Now, this scripture used to kind of be honest with you, I didn't quite grasp it when I first read th- through the Bible. But he, speaking of Jesus, answered and said, It's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Say what? First Jesus ignores her, and now Jesus is calling her a little dog. <laughs> but once again, Jesus being led by the Spirit of God. Did, any, did Jesus ever do anything contrary to the will of God for his life? Did Jesus ever do anything that was unkind? That does For most people, if they would have been there when this happened, 
most people would have said that Jesus was being mean and cruel to him. Definitely not politically correct. <laughs> I'm in my safe space. You can't be mean to me here. Hallelujah. But why would Jesus make such a statement? Because once again, he's explaining to her what God's will is for his life. To minister solely to the nation of Israel and to the Jewish people, whether it was healing or deliverance or whatever. And, and this is so important to get, I believe he was locating her. Locating where she was in her faith. Again, faith persists and refuses to quit until it receives. And Jesus wanted to see if that was where this woman was. So now notice, oh glory to God, praise God, praise God. Notice how she responds to Jesus. And listen, I firmly believe she was being led by the Spirit of God to say this. Verse 27, and she said, yes, Lord, I understand that. I understand what you're saying. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. In other words, Lord, I know you've only been sent to the Jewish people. And I know that healing belongs to them. But I don't need a whole loaf of healing for my daughter. All I need is a crumb or two. Of healing that's fallen from the table. And my daughter will be made whole. Ooh. Verse 28 then says. Then Jesus answered and said to her. And I believe he did it with a big smile on his face. O woman great is your faith. Great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Friends. Faith thrives when tested. Did you hear that? Faith thrives when tested. The Bible tells us in James chapter 1 that we're, to, we're called to count it all joy when tested. Knowing that the testing of our faith produces patience. And when patience has its perfect work, we become mature and complete Lacking nothing. In other words, when the going gets rough and gets tough, real faith keeps going and keeps going and keeps going until the manifestation occurs in this natural realm. This woman stuck with it despite the fact that Jesus ignores her basically and despite the fact that Jesus called her a little dog. Instead of giving up, she humbled herself and said, Lord, I know what you're saying is right. I know that you came for the, for, the, for the Jewish people. Glory to God. I understand that. But I don't need the whole loaf. All I need is a crumb from the master's table. Because I know what a tiny crumb. I know how much power is in a crumb that falls from the master's table. That's all I need. This woman's daughter was delivered and healed. Now I want to ask you something. If a woman who's not in covenant with Almighty God is able to get 
her daughter healed and set free with her faith, what kind of results should we expect as children of God in blood covenant with Almighty God, operating the same kind of faith that comes from hearing and hearing by the Word of God? I mean, did she receive healing and deliverance for her daughter with just crumbs? Shouldn't we be able to get healing when we got the whole loaf? Glory to God. Woo! Healing is the children's bed. Healing is the children's bread. Healing is the children's bread. And we are the children the healing bread is for. You don't have to go. If you want the whole loaf, you can have the whole loaf. Hoard yourself on it if you want to. I know it's a little bit funny, but I'm being sincere about this. God wants you to live whole and healthy lives. If this woman could get healed with crumbs, why in the world do we even hesitate for a moment believing that God would heal us? I'm his child. I'm in blood covenant with him. And not the blood of bulls and goats. I'm in blood covenant with him with the blood of Jesus. If she could get healed that way, then glory to God, I know that I can be healed that way. I know you can be healed that way. Here, come on in. Here's a little fresh, fresh loaf just coming out of the oven just for you. Healing. Whoosh, Ron. Eat it up, buddy. Are you with me today? But get this. You have to do things just like she did. When, when correction comes, when Jesus was doing these things, again, I believe he's setting her up, positioning her to get what she came for. And so when correction comes to you, and, and it will, receive it. Humble yourself and receive it and make the adjustments just like she did. And no matter what kind of challenges come after you step out in faith, keep on standing. Do not give up on your faith. Faith says, come on. Come on, you're going to challenge me. You're going to come against me. I don't care because I got God Almighty backing me up. I got his. I'm, I'm not just standing here. I'm standing on the word. You cannot remove me off of this. I always like to say when, 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 when they, the disciples were going across the Sea of Galilee and they looked and they saw Jesus walking on the water. And Peter said, hey. If you're really Jesus, tell me to come. First of all, Jesus pretty much had to say, okay. I mean, I am Jesus. So he said, come. And Peter got out of the boat. A fisherman had always been there. Had always worked the Sea of Galilee, probably other places. Got out and began to walk on the water. Ah, wrong. He began to walk on the word. Now he was walking on come. He was walking on. He could have walked all the way up to Jesus and walked with Jesus back into the boat. Then he took his eyes off of the promise and he began to look at the wind and the waves. He got caught up in the things happening around him, what he could see and how he, what he could feel, and he began to sink. Jesus said to come and look at him and say, you, what you doing? You sorry rascal. I'm going to let you gurgle a little while down there. Okay, I'll get you up now. It's not what happened. He immediately, the Bible says he immediately reached down and grabbed him, picked him up, and he got back in the boat. 
things like to go with that. But the thing I'm trying to get to, the point I'm trying to make is this. Once you step out on the word, don't allow yourself to move off of it. Keep believing. Faith persists. Faith welcomes the test, the challenge. Once you step out, you will be challenged because the devil does not want you to receive what you believe in God for. But if you really, really believe it, nothing can move you off of it. Ooh, glory. It's awesome. God is so good. Did you get something from that? Isn't God just these different truths that's come out? I guarantee you probably never, none of you had heard some of those, te- those things. I, I know as I'm studying, I'm like, okay, there's the answer that I've always been looking for. Why Jesus didn't say anything to her. Now there's the answer. I know now what Jesus was doing. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. God is so good. God loves you and me. God wants us to live whole and healthy lives. And you listen, if you know of somebody who's a Christian who is going through uh, uh, issues and they're saying, well, I guess I just have to live this way. I just have to accept this sickness in my body. I have to go for the rest of my life diseased. Man, you need to take them to the word of God and show them this. Teach them this. Minister the healing to them just like Jesus ministered healing to this woman. Amen. You're called to do that, my friends. Every single one of you called to be like Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word of God. Your word is truth. I believe in Jesus' name. This revelation will become more clear to us than ever before. I want to understand it in a greater way than even now, Lord. You keep showing me things, and I know that you will continue to show me things by your spirit. Greater revelation. I decree it over these people. By your spirit, we will learn and grow and develop in understanding your ways. And Father God, by your grace, we will not just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. Obey the word. Because of that, Lord, we shall be blessed. 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 Empowered to prosper. Empowered to succeed. Empowered to live whole and healthy lives. Glory to Jesus. Yes, Lord, we're supposed to show this world what it means to live for you. No matter how great the challenge comes, no matter how strong the wind blows, no matter how hot the fire gets, through it all, Lord, you're there with us.